you've got this guy down in Florida who says, I'm going to break into this house uh-huh. and, and take something for myself. Mm-hmm. And the Lord says, you are going to fund a church in Ohio <laughs> and bring about salvations. We just, we, we've, we've seen salvation, at least one very clear one, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and life's being built up in Christ because of uh, that work of um, law breaking that took place in Florida some number of years ago. This is The Calling, a Family Life original podcast with Steve Smith that features conversations with pastors talking about the challenges they face in their personal and professional lives as they minister to others and share the gospel. Our guests for episode 16 are pastors Christopher and Sean Powers from Kings Tree Church in Ohio. You may ask the question, uh, why would you be talking to a couple of pastors in a town uh, in Ohio? Uh, Well, let me just say this. Uh, Pastor Christopher and Pastor Sean and I have never spoken until this moment together. But we do have something in common. It's Pastor Christopher Powers and Pastor Sean Powers. And by listening to the Rise Up Morning Show uh, with Steve and Tim, Tim Powers, uh, you guys are all brothers. So we do have something in common. We have Tim in common. How about that? That's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Yes. Third, he's the uh, he's the third Powers brother. The third Powers brother. Christopher, you were the oldest. Uh, Sean comes in next. And then, Tim, I have that correct, don't I? That's correct. All right. Now, here's the thing that really interests me. Uh, you two are brothers, and it's it's not really necessarily a teaching team. Uh, explain, Christopher, we'll start with you. Were you there first before, Sean? Did you come at the same time? Christopher, why don't you lead us off and, and find out how you got to King's Tree Church? Sure. Um, yeah, so I finished up seminary back in 2015, and uh, came back to Ohio to do some an artwork ministry. And I was here for a little while until a small church in Sabina, which was then called Community Christian Church, was looking for a preaching pastor. Um, they only had a very few people. They had fallen on some difficult times, and they needed somebody to come in and consistently preach each weekend. And having just finished up the work at seminary, I was uh, eager to be able to do that if possible. And so preached a few practice sermons, as it were. And this congregation, Community Christian at the time, ended up inviting me to come here and be their preaching pastor. And so um, after prayer, discussion, um, all those sorts of things, ended up moving here to do that. So I began as the preaching pastor here in August of 2017. And uh, I continued in that role until um, 2021. Was that when everything started to switch? It was the beginning of 22. Really? I always get that wrong. Things started to switch in 21, but I didn't didn't personally come on until 
April 1st, the big joke of 2022. <laughs> okay. Hey, I want to, I want to stop. I want to stop right there because there you've been pastor Christopher for a few years and then pastor Sean, what discussion happened between you two uh, as far as, Hey, will this work? Can brothers be on the same staff? Uh, maybe that's a common thing. I've never heard of it. Maybe it's more common than I think it is, but tell me the discussion and the prayer that went in to uh, having both of you join up, or was this something you guys had talked about e- even in the past? Well, I'll get you to the point where that discussion and prayer began, and then I'll hand it over to Sean mm-hmm. on uh, how he ended up deciding to do that. So, so we were, um, I had been preaching for, what was it, about four years, and it just became very clear that if this church was to flourish, they needed more than simply preaching on the weekend. Um, and that was all I was able to provide at the time. And so the Lord had sustained this little as it were, a little fire, you know, the embers of a campfire that stay warm. But if we wanted to see that fire growing and and kindled back into something that would give light and heat to the environment around us, um, it, they needed some real pastoral care. And so I was feeling this um, at the same time that Sean was finishing up his work at seminary. And then I, we, we met together And I made a proposition to him about what the future might look like here at Community Christian. So I'll hand that over to you, Sean, and you can take it from there. Yeah. So um, I graduated from Cedarville and got married both in 2014 and started to work at Cedarville. Uh, The undergrad was in in international studies missiology. So my wife and I kind of had our our sights and hearts set on the mission field. Um, But we I continued to work there. uh, Just had to had to uh, pay loans and ended up buying a house to to stay there kind of more long-term. And uh, as I was working there, I realized Cedarville was offering uh, something like a free master of divinity. If you could put in the work, put in the classes and you agreed to continue to work for this university after you'd earned the MDiv, then you could get it all paid for by the university. So that was uh, huge and decided to take them up on that. Um, so that was kind of a, a process and started to, uh, we'll finish that up in 2021. And then I had a year left to work for the university before they kind of cut me loose. And we thought, all right. Uh, so, you know, Raja and I, my wife, we could talk about, okay, well, we haven't had the freedom to step out, uh, in faith for a while, but now the Lord's equipped us, uh, we're going to be free to, to do something. What should we do? So we talked about, a number of of different options, um, anything from moving to mission field to you know whatever we could do, and we thought, well, really, you know, the first the first obligation would be to our local church. We've been attending uh, was community Christian then, um, and and listening to to Christopher and kind of being part of the community there. So we thought, really, our first obligation should be to our local church. That's not really possible because they at the time wouldn't have any amount of funding to to fund me as a pastor there full time. Um, but as it happened, uh, the Lord provided uh, resources to pay me full time at the exact time I was uh, being cut loose from Cedarville. And uh, after that conversation with Christopher and and talking with uh, the deacons who were here, we realized that it actually was feasible to have me come on full time. Um, so that was pretty clear because because, again, our our first obligation was really to the local body of believers who we already, you know, been doing life with for a while. And that's how in 2022, 
we moved over here and I started to work here full time. Was that the first conversation you ever had in your life about, hey, or did you have one before? Like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to work together, to, to minister together? Are those discussions or was this the very first time that even came up? I think growing up, we were all three of us are so tightly knit um, in our in friendship mm -hmm. as brothers. And, and uh, so as we grew up, we always assumed we would have some form of meaningful connection um, throughout our lives. And then um, when both Sean and I started moving toward more uh, theological study and pastoral work, I think we had tossed around the idea that it'd be it'd be neat if the Lord had us work together. But that certainly wasn't anything we had planned. Mm -mm. And I'll add this, uh, Steve, if I don't know if this will fit with with your editing, but um, the situation was this church was far too small to support anyone full time. That's yeah. why I was a, I was part time and I was doing my artwork on the side because I, they couldn't they just simply couldn't sustain a pastor. Um, but somebody in the congregation had uh, had a situation where one of their houses that they owned in Florida was burgled and uh, and they ended up just selling the house and giving all that money to the church. And that money is what allowed us to bring on a full time minister. And so we had received this very large gift, this tiny little church in the cornfields of Ohio had received this gift that was beyond our capacity even to imagine at the time. Mm -hmm. And the the leaders and I were praying, what do we do with this? How do we invest this for the sake of the Lord's name? And nothing clear was coming up. And then when Sean finished seminary, the idea was, what if we took this gift, split it into essentially three years of full-time salary, and brought on a full-time pastor with the intent of revitalizing this congregation um, so that Sean could become uh, the bellows, as it were, uh, blowing into the embers uh, under the Lord's care of this church to see it kindled back to life. And so that was the conversation Sean and I had was, hey, Sean, what if we took this money, paid you full-time for three years, and you just poured into this community to build up the people. And I'll keep preaching, as, as which is what I'm able to do right now. I'll keep preaching on the weekends, and you begin to um, build up those communities and knit together those, uh, those relationships and pour into the specific people we have, uh, which is the equivalent of, you know, taking the kindling and putting it into the little teepee shape and really allowing the fire to burn. That began in 2022 as a as a process of revitalization, which also um, coincided with the change of our name to King's Tree, uh, new purpose, new direction, new name was the idea. And um, so Sean has been laboring in that role of discipleship and community building since then. And we've seen the Lord um, really seem to bless and strengthen and make fruitful that work. So that's, it's been a wonderful going on two years now. So all that in the current day comes from a house that was burgled, a bad yeah. situation turning into that. Exactly. The, the address, the address of that house was not 828 Romans. Uh, was it by any chance Romans Street or something? <laughs> no, but that's exactly the idea though, because you've got this guy 
down in Florida who says, I'm going to break into this house uh-huh. and, and take something for myself. Mm-hmm. And the Lord says, you are going to fund yeah. a church in Ohio <laughs> and bring about salvations. We just, we, we've, we've seen salvation, at least one very clear one, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and life's being built up in Christ because of uh, that work of um, law breaking that took place in Florida some number of years ago. Yeah. Tell us the uh, process of, I know when a church has been around for a little bit, even though it's a small community church and it has a name for a long time, and then you change the name, was there any, uh, how did that process go and, and who was involved in that? And were there people from the old church that's like, well, wait a minute, what are we, you know, tell, tell me about that process. Um, you know, Pastor Christopher will be the, the first to point out that, um, you know, all the kind of stereotypes you end up hearing about congregations and about the old guys who sink their feet in and won't change. And they also are the ones who have all the money. Um, that's not the case here, which is which is amazing. Everyone showed an enthusiasm and an excitement um, hopping on board to kind of um, to see the church revitalized. Even the the oldest members, the the one who actually started Community Christian, he's been in it since the very beginning. Um, no pushback, and and um, yeah, just really humbling. He really trusts. Christopher and I uh, trust what the Lord is doing here. And uh, even the name was kind of um, voted for by one of the one of the old, old members. Mm-hmm. So there was there just wasn't pushback. It was really smooth and people were on board. And yeah, it was amazing because you you always hear about, you know, if you're going to you change the carpet, you change the curtains and you've got, you know, 40 percent of the people leave the church. It just wasn't like that. So mm-hmm. I think we were really blessed in that regard. And, you know, when I think that is, Steve, at least part of it is um, there. The people here are not here to wave the flag of King Street Church or Community Christian Church as it was before. Um, but they really want to see the name of Christ exalted Mm -hmm. in this area. And so there was no, um, this is our church, what are you doing? There was a recognition that if the Lord's work is going to take root and grow here, uh, we do need to see some changes. And uh, by the Lord's grace, like Sean said, even the oldest members were behind that. And they, they wanted to see the work of the Lord go forward more than they wanted to see a name or a particular institution um, endure uh, long term, and and that was it was really amazing to see. And I got you know a big part of that is just the way Christopher communicates with the congregation. Um, it's 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 not veneered. It's very open. Um, it's just pretty. It's pretty clear. There's no ulterior motive. And I think everyone was very comfortable because they didn't think there was any kind of wheels within wheels, anything secret happening behind the scene. Um, just very kind of clear and objective communication. This is the way it is. This is where we're headed if we, you know, and, and this is why we're thinking this. And and so I think that was also huge um, because people don't like stuff going on behind the scenes that they're not aware of, even if it's good stuff. Um but Pastor Christopher was, you know, extremely clear about all of our motivations and why this was going on. And I really do think kind of on a, from a human perspective, from a leadership perspective, that's also what made it 
um, so smooth. Mm. You know, it's not a new theme, but it just seems to be something, at least I'll just say for me, that I, I've been hearing over and over again, and, and God uses that in different seasons for the, the same message. But it's a, a sad thing. You talked about you, you want to be very clear and nothing veneered about it, your message. Uh, so many non Christians, the people that are not in the faith community, unfortunately, look at many Christians and go like, well, they're pretty judgmental and they have all these rules and I'm not sure they're not seeing the love of Jesus, uh, unfortunately. And I'm not talking about your church. I'm just talking about nationwide and just generally. I'm hearing that message a lot of like even from other pastors who said, you know what, we just we need to we need to make it so clear that uh, we're not about you know, judging you. We're here to love you uh, and and let God take care of the rest. Is Am I making that up and then I'm hearing that more and more these days or is it just, I mean, I know that's not a, a brand new theme, but uh, I, I seem to be hearing it everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the theme of the church being um, perceived as judgmental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, and yeah, I guess I, I guess I'll, that. I'll 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 follow that up with so to co- not combat that but to show that love of Jesus in a in a rural community and out in the middle as you guys describe you know out in the middle of not nowhere but somewhere like how what well, do no. you what do you do to get out into the community to show that love and I I assume that's a that's a purposeful intense uh, intent uh, thing that you guys do yeah um well. The, the thought that comes to my mind, Steve, is that um, all and, and this is not intended to be a Sunday school answer, but often the Sunday school answer is the right one. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly believe all uh, I am called to do is to point again and again and again to the crucified and risen Jesus as the revelation of the glory of who God is, the beauty of who God is, and the the excellence for which our souls are made. And so pointing people to the cross, to the cross, to the cross, where we see the heart of God. And of course, we can only see God at the cross if that one who is crucified is risen. But pointing people there and and pleading and, and um, presenting every weekend that this is the one for whom we're made. This is the one for whom the universe exists. This is the the truth that all truth is pointing to and the beauty that all beauty is is pointing toward. And um, inundating the imaginations and the hearts and the thinking of a people with the beauty of God displayed at the cross um, has to begin to create in that people a uh, repetition of that same beauty, a, a, a an expression and a living out of that beauty, which is his love. And so I think as we're pointing and pointing and pointing to Christ and building a worldview that sees him as the center of all things, um, that kind of self-giving love, that kind of reorientation of our perspective of all things begins to take root. And it's no more saying Remember to be loving. Remember to be doing this. Remember to be doing that. It's it's just as the flavor and the aroma and the colors of Christ are soaking into a soul, um, we begin to take on that same form. And so that's you know, and, and as we do that, you'll have the 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 proper measure of 
um, judgment and love of hardness and, and mercy, you know, it's all there. Um, but as we're looking at the cross, that becomes the pattern to which our, our acting and our living and our, our thinking and our responding is conforming. So that would be, that's kind of the high level view, um, which is where I work from, you know, doing the preaching and the vision type thing. Would you have something to add to that, Sean, from the discipleship perspective? Well, yeah, because one of the, one of the, um, uh, big witnesses that Jesus Christ has come from the Father is our love, mm-hmm. um, John 17, our love for one another and our love for those around us. And so once you are you know, being used uh, by the Lord's will to shape a people like that, they don't just you know lock themselves up all week and then unlock themselves to come to church. They're in the community. They're talking with people. They're talking with one another. And um, in that way, there is that, that aspect of outreach there. Uh, we also... Um, kind of this year more so than others are are looking to do certain things to bring people in to King Street, not necessarily to see a service, but to interact with the church, the congregation, mm-hmm. the people here to see our passion for Christ and our love for one another and um, and hope that the spirit uses that to touch them in a special way to, to maybe bring them to Christ um, or to bring them, you know, to King Street or, or both. But that's kind of it. It's it's equipping the people, and then the people are are going out and doing that, ministering to others and ministering to one another, and then kind of on the side, whatever way we can we can encourage that sort of mixing is uh, we think a, a good thing and will be a testimony to the Lord. We're uh, talking with Pastor Christopher and Pastor Sean of Kings Tree Church in Ohio, the Savannah, Wilmington, Ohio area. So you're like, why are we talking to these people from Ohio? Well, it's Pastor Christopher Powers and Pastor Sean Powers. They are brothers and they are the brother of Tim Powers, my uh, co-host. We uh, work together on the Rise Up Morning Show on Family Life. So with you three brothers together, and Tim didn't really have an answer for this one. I asked him and he had to he had to think about this one and he d- never came up with a definitive answer. So I'll put it on your plate. Of the three, Christopher, Sean, and Tim, who's the funniest? Oh, I think Sean's the funniest. I mean, Sean and Tim, here's the thing, Steve. Mm -hmm. Sean and Tim were roommates together, Mm -hmm. and they they feed into each other in incredible ways. Like the Sean-Tim combo is the funniest thing. Mm -hmm. But if you take us separately, um, I really do think Sean's quirkiness and timing is – is is pretty probably the funniest quirky well, I probably i probably try to be funny more than the others so i mean if they if they tried as hard as i did i'm sure they'd be He's, funny is just as funny but, um, I'm, I'm, could be. maybe i'm giving too much up but the word quirky did come up from tim when describing sean actually he said i've oh, yeah. never met anyone like sean would that be right christopher is that you feel the same oh that's yeah that's right that's right you're gonna you'll be surprised at every turn yeah <laughs> love that yeah. okay of the, of the three brothers who is the most on time who is punctual Ooh, boy i mean i might say sean on that one too yeah that's sean mm-hmm. okay. that's sean he sean has the a, a regiment um He's got his own pers- strict personal code. Yeah. Um, like a Mandalorian. It's really very similar to a man, like a Mandalorian code. Hmm. Yeah. Very, yeah. Like a Mandalorian code. That's yeah. True. And, yeah. and the issue, obviously, as Christopher will lovingly point out to me, and it helps so much, is when I impose that code on 
other people, uh, yeah. you know, you obviously run into issues because um, sure. there's freedom for them to act on their convictions in Christ. For instance, Steve, <laughs> um, when we were younger, yeah. I I personally like a lot of flavor. Mm, um, wrong. And so when we had something like like a cheese dip, mm-hmm. instead of a normal tortilla chip, I would dip a Dorito in there mm-hmm. with all the flavor of the Dorito and all the flavor yeah. of the queso. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. And Sean... Uh, being still being five years younger than me, you were pretty young at the time, yeah. called me out and said, you're wasting that because both of those things are flavorful. And when you put them both together, it's you're just ca- canceling it out. The big point is you'll be left with a bunch of flavorless corn chips afterwards that could have been dunked in the cheese. Mm. Obviously, you can eat a Dorito on its own. You can't really eat a corn chip on your own if you're really thinking. Of See, it. I didn't know that was the motivation. Yeah, that was you the motivation. The that was the and I'll say I've slipped a little bit on that. Uh, I have. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, why, why am I not shocked that a conversation with the brothers of Tim Powers would eventually turn to food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, the soul is revealed at the table. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff can be learned by, by our food habits. I'm going to finish though up with this and, and, and we'll be, it'll be hard to be brief. I know for you guys, but when I, the, of what I know of Tim been around him for a few years and what I've heard of you and, and, um, uh, and the closeness there, uh, I can't imagine you have enough wonderful words to say about your parents. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Do you want to, I always start, Sean, you want to say something about mom oh. and dad? No. Um, I mean, uh, it's one of those things where I didn't learn to appreciate it until college when you realize, you know, college is when, if you, if you happen to do that, uh, it's a time where you realize that everyone in the world isn't exactly like your family. And then you start to see how the, the nuances and the special aspects of your family and, you know, maybe some things you were complaining about or discontent with before you start to appreciate and realize, wow, this is why this happened. This is why they act that way. Um, so, I mean, I think first and foremost was example. Uh, there's things that just the way, you know, dad was that I remember not knowing why he was that way. Now being where I am now, I see exactly why he was that way and the wisdom of that. And I'm thankful for it. Um and you've got to play the long game if you're just going to go by example. And that that really is how dad worked. There was never really a, a sit down talk type moment with dad. It was always he's living uh, the way that he should be living. And we were kind of seeing that, not recognizing it. And again, not recognizing it later in life. So example was huge. Um, and then for mom, it's it's really just uh, not not being hindered by kind of imposed expectations on her. Her theology um, was always very much in accordance with what she thought from scripture. Um, Her interpersonal interactions with other people were just what she thought they should be. We used to joke and say, everyone has an awkwardness meter. When it gets high, you stop doing what you're doing. Mom's awkwardness meter is broken and she's (laughs) fine knocking on doors and like singing to you for, for no reason. Um, so yeah, for mom, it was just that her, um, her acting on her own convictions and, and not really, uh, yielding to just generic expectations that honestly had no reason being there, uh, both with her own action and her own, uh, theology and reading the scripture. And, and that was huge. She, mm-hmm. she really, uh, scripture is a premium in the house and that's for mom's example. Yeah. 
I, I think if I were to just um, say a quick thing about both mom and dad, it would be mom modeled a passion for the Lord mm -hmm. and dad modeled self-giving love. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, they both did that in ways that we're only just beginning to see. Um, we'll see that more and more, I'm sure, as we continue to get older. But uh, yeah, we certainly would not be uh, anything without without them and the Lord having given us to them. So as you said, Steve, couldn't say enough about our parents. Kind of neat seeing a little brother taking his path as well, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, it's awesome to see the way um, what Tim's doing and the the way that his particular gifting with words and his heart for other people and his compassionate stance can um, can work in the morning show. Plus, the fact that we all grew up, grew up listening to family life yeah. in the mornings yeah. uh, is is surreal to turn it on and listen to Tim. And you, Steve, but you know, well, this particular yeah. uh, right, right. particular ear is open for Tim. But um, right. with Tim, we, we talked about funniest on time. We've agreed before that Tim's the best. Oh, Tim's you? the best. Yeah, yeah. So Tim, is, is Tim know. the best on everything? I think I have a long He's list the, here, and just say everything probably is the best. No, all, all around. If you were to do an all around uh -huh. um, evaluation, yeah. I think Tim comes out best, like in God's eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like on Judgment Day. That is great, Pastor Christopher, Pastor Sean. On, the Powers Brothers. Again, thanks for sharing your heart with us. And uh, more importantly, thanks for sharing your heart with your flock every single week. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Steve. You've been listening to episode 16 of The Calling, a Family Life original podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you heard, be sure to share it with others and click the subscribe button so you know when future episodes are available. Family Life's original podcasts such as The Parable Podcast, Therese Talk, If That Makes Sense, 10 Minutes With, and The Rise Up Podcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or FamilyLife.org. Family Life is listener supported, and your faithful partnership makes ministry outreach through podcasts like this possible. Find out more at FamilyLife.org.